I think there's uh I mean I think everybody wants to get to the to the same place. I just think it's the avenue of how we get there that there's a little bit of um you know back and forth on. That was the voice of Illinois-based Hirschbach driver Scott Hainline you heard at the top. I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of Overdrive Radio, we'll hear Hainline's unique perspective on new driver training. Yes, his comments up top were in response to the news that's been trickling out through off-the-record sources within the FMCSA about a delay in implementation of the entry-level driver training rule. We've been in touch with those sources as well, and the expectation has been for weeks now that a federal register notice would make formal a delay in the rules requirements going into place. The reason for the delay, which could be up to two years if such sources are correct, has to do with information technology development, or lack thereof, and all of the communication that the rule requires between individual state and uh, federal systems. In the latter federal bucket is the training provider registry in which schools and other training organizations will certify that they are meeting the rules curriculum, program, and trainer requirements. The registry, well, was supposed to be up and running last month. Obviously, it's not. And the FMCSA's ability to get it done is surely a big part of the reason for a delay, which in the views of many owner-operators and drivers out there I know feels quite emblematic of misplaced priorities, uh, to say the least. I spoke with well-known trucker-songwriter and Trucker Nation co-founder Tony Justice a few days ago about it. His viewpoint itself was emblematic of uh, that of so many others, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this was the gist. There will be no delay for the ELD mandate final uh, uh, final deadline uh, coming up December 17th, and the agency's promised hours of service change is still probably months out. And that hours change, of course, is a direct response itself to hours problems truckers have known about for years, but which the ELD rule ex- exposed for all to see plenty clearly. Yet when it comes to the one regulatory development that justice views, as potentially having a real and lasting positive effect on safety, those new training standards, the ball has most certainly been dropped, and we'll just push it down the road a little bit. Granted, without the tech systems in place to share and store information on state and federal sides of the equation, and with no way for training providers to attest that they meet the standards in the registry, the full scope of the rules implementation is impossible. So, here we are. As with Tony Justice, operator Scott Hainline is equally hopeful for safety improvement with training practices standardization, at least when it comes to raising the bar for minimum standards. His perspective is interesting because he was initially trained way back in the 1970s and early 80s. As with so many owner-operators starting out during that time, and even up through the present day in some cases, Hainline learned through an informal apprenticeship with a fuel hauler in his area, which you'll hear more about in the conversation that follows here. By the early 1990s, though, he left trucking for a career in law enforcement, retiring just several years ago, whereupon he decided to re-enter trucking. What he found upon retraining for his CDL with the community college program, though, he felt lacked in several different areas, and looking around his state, he's seen the wide variability in how different CDL training programs approach the basics. Our conversation touches on all of that. Likewise, what opportunity may exist for formalizing the one-on-one CDL apprenticeships of yesteryear in the, at some point, coming required training regime, where both coursework and range and road training standards, uh, minimum standards, must be met before a learner's permit holder can take their CDL skills test. Here's Hainline. 
Well, uh, my name's Scott Hainline. I'm 57 years old, and uh, I kind of grew up around trucks a uh, little bit, knew some people with trucks. I used to hang out there and probably bother them, but, it, you know, eventually I got to be uh, to go out on rides and stuff like that, which yeah. was really cool because I was still riding a bicycle back then. But um, I had, years ago, I drift for, started driving for local elevators, and then, uh, you know, when I got to be 21, started running over the road and ran uh, mostly dry van and refrigerated did pull some tanks for a while dry bulk and then uh i end up uh, leaving trucking went into the military and then i came back and got into trucking for a couple more years and uh from 89 to 91 then went into law enforcement and then uh, retired in 16 uh, from law enforcement and then decided to to go back into trucking so there i was asking people if i get a cdl are you going to hire me? And they're like, you haven't turned a wheel in, in many, <laughs> many years. So you have to go to truck driving school. Well, when I was driving years ago, truck driving schools did not have a good reputation. And they were kind of frowned upon, uh, unlike they are today. But I did it. I went and was able to get my uh, CDL. I didn't have a great experience at the schools, but I was, um, was able to pick up uh, enough to pass my, my test and stuff. And and uh, so started out driving uh, for a company. I had to go out to trainer for a couple of weeks. Good company, but I was running over the road. I kind of wanted to do something more regional. So I was able to make a transition over to uh, Hirschbach uh, Motor Lines out of Dubuque, Iowa. And so I'm on about an eight state dedicated. Most of my customers are Smithfield. And um, so far, I've been there 99 uh, months now. And uh you know, so far, I really like it. Um, a lot of changes, you know, uh, with everything from what it was years ago. But the more I'm out there, mm -hmm. the more I catch on. But I still do a lot of my old school stuff, you know, like I did years ago when I'm stopped. I'm checking tires, checking temps. I'm looking for leaks, uh, cleaning windshields, and uh, that type of stuff. So is that really old school? Or? Well, <laughs> should, they should. They should, but trust me. And and, and, and it's it's just... I think it's I think it's taught at, at most of the schools at least where I I went a little bit of that was was touched on but you know years ago it's just you did that like an apprenticeship with a driver and they showed you all of that stuff so yeah you're you're right in what you're saying but if you go to a truck stop and and watch you're going to see and I have too you're going to see a lot of people just fuel up and go there's no checking fluids or any of that stuff and I mean, you know, it's all about mitigation and mitigating the chance of something happening on the roadway. You know, it's the worst place you want to be broke down at. If I can catch something at a truck stop, um, hey, that's a lot easier to deal with than being off the side of the road. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, the kind of informal way that you sort of picked up uh, trucking back in the 80s. Um, and... Were you around where you are today uh, at that time in Illinois? I think you live in uh, Good Hope, Illinois now. I live in Good Hope, but I, I grew up in Macomb. And, um, yeah, what I I used to, uh, there in Macomb, I had uh, always wanted to be kind of a photojournalist. So I was always out shooting pictures. And this is something that kind of got me into the trucking. Uh, I started taking pictures of people's trucks. Dad worked at the police department. He had access to a to a dark room, right? So we'd go in there and develop my film. Back then it was 35 millimeter, a lot of black and white. And uh, mm -hmm. so I'd see those truckers and a lot of times I could go home real quick and 
get my pictures, you know, and a lot of times they were either loading, unloading, a lot of them were grain haulers or gasoline haulers. And uh, so I kind of made friends with some of these guys. And and uh, before I knew it, you know, uh, one of them asked me if I wanted to go for a ride. Mom and dad were good with it. I think I was 14. And I just kind of started doing an apprenticeship over several years with that driver. I also made some friends with other drivers. And uh, I had some people that were my age that d their dads owned trucks. So sometimes when we first got our CDLs, you know, we would jump in these trucks and go like we were like, it was a big deal for us. You know, we'd go out just a few hours away with a load of hogs. And it was a big deal for us. You know, we're like, yeah, we're real truckers now. And we're running team and we're doing this and this. I mean, this was in, a, you know, early 70s Kenworth K100s. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and an old Peterbilt that one of the, one of the guys, uh, dad had, and uh, we jumped in that 71 Pete and off we'd go to Moments, Illinois or Bearstown and, oh, we just thought we were something else, but it was fun. You know, it was a great way to learn. And, uh, yeah, it was fun back then. It was fun back then. Trucking was fun. And, you know, it's just, you start learning that culture and people would pass down things that you might want to remember different things and uh i don't know just stuck with me even after being away for 25 years when i came back i went right back to them old habits as you get a little bit older you know i would go out with uh with these guys at night we'd go out on the interstate and when we were empty you know i'd learn to drive i'd drive a little ways started out empty learned how to do uh double clutching was how everybody was teaching it back then. Although a lot of guys said they shifted without the clutch, I was taught the double clutching, and that's what I did. And and uh, that's what you do is run a few miles that way, and then eventually you start learning how to drive with the load and the different feels. And and uh, and this is all stuff without a permit. You know, I mean, I didn't have a permit yet or anything. Right. You know, and I was just I can say a lot of times a sophomore in high school, but it's the chances people took. But it wasn't uncommon back then. To see to see this, I think everybody knew what was going on, but again, things were just different back then. You know, I mean, I learned to drive a car out on the farm and stuff way before driving age. You know, with a three on the tree and a straight six, and that's what that's just what we we learned. Truck driving was the same. You know, just got in, spent a lot of time with drivers, and got a little bit of behind the wheel time. Sometimes you just started out with pulling the truck up a little bit, you know, if you were uh, loading off the farm or whatever. And I mean, to an extent, some of these kinds of things still occur today uh, informally. I mean, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right in that, that sort of training in the, in the culture of trucking at, at the same time as you're sort of learning the basis of driving is not, not exactly, uh, Exactly like it was, right? You know, most people don't don't get their CVL after learning from uh, you know an independent owner operator that they yeah. happen to meet around town yeah. kind of thing. It just no, it doesn't you're, happen. You're right. Way anymore. I, you're exactly right. But I do see a little of it still with uh, the farms. You know, kids growing up on the yeah. farm and and uh, doing that. I see I see a lot of that. But yeah, it's uh it's definitely changed on on that aspect. Um, and I don't, you know, even today, I don't know that I would have, um, there's times I'd like to be a trainer, train somebody, but there's other times that I don't know. I've got missed, you know, kind of mixed feelings on that. I mean, I'd like to pass sure. on knowledge, stuff like that. 
but I don't know. It's just a, it's a lot different out there now, and and uh, you got ELDs, which you can't stop the clock. That 14-hour clock continues to run, and it, I I just um, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to it for sure. Um, but people who do that, uh, I've got a lot of uh, admiration for them. You know, to to take somebody under their wing and show them the business and uh, everything. Right. You know, I mean, my hats off to those folks. Yeah, it's almost like the economics of it anymore, and the mm-hmm. you know, and the and the, the the regulating of time such as it is uh, without any particular changes in the hours rules um, mm-hmm. makes it, it makes it just sort of pretty much unlikely that those kinds of things uh, are going to happen very much. You know, you and I talked about um, before about people not stopping to help somebody out and stuff like that, and. You know, yeah. I've talked to drivers about it, and they just they say the ELD, the uh, 14 hours, just they don't want to get into something, and then all of a sudden now they're late to what they're supposed to be doing. And, uh, I mean, they were straight up about it. I've asked several drivers, you know, about that, and they're straight up. They, they say, you know, we can't stop that clock. We can't pause it. So, you know, I just wish them the best, or if somebody needs a cell phone, but they said we can't be tied up on the road, you know, an hour or so helping the driver. When our clock keeps ticking and we got appointments to make as well. There was one particular operator that uh, that helped you probably more than others when you were first first um, sort of uh, testing the waters of of, of yes. trucking. Gene Thurman and uh, he lived over in Bentley, Illinois, and he hauled gas into the town where we lived. And I had taken a picture of his truck. I seen his truck one day sitting over there unload gasoline in a bulk plant. So I go home, pedaled home only a couple blocks away, got a nice eight by ten out of his truck and met with him and he loved it. And we just kind of made friends, kept in touch. And I was probably fourteen at the time and so I started eventually going with him. And um, you know, just a great guy. I last seen him in nineteen ninety one after I had uh entered entered law enforcement, I ran into him in Carthage, Illinois and a few months ago, I was driving down to, uh, I was heading down to Kansas City, and I was going near Bentley, Illinois, going right by it, and I had a pretty light load on, so I had the, the axles on the trailer all the way forward and whatnot, and so I went ahead and pulled into Bentley and drove right in front of his house and stopped, and his son came out and said he'd passed away about a year or so ago. Now, I had left him at one time, I'd left him a business card in his mailbox, but he never did reach out. And um, his uh, son had told me he had Alzheimer's real bad, probably didn't know what, what it was. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, – his son loved it because we were talking about his dad, different things. That I told him about his dad and, and stuff. And uh, But, um, yeah, he was uh, a big influence. on. We used to have fun. We got in – his truck was a day cab, a 74 or 75 International 4300, 290 Cummins, 10-speed, 444 gears. 64 mile an hour loaded or empty. And uh, that's what I started with, you know. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of summers together. Mom and my uh, stepdad, uh, they would let me stay in Bentley with him for a few days at a time, several times during the summer. And all we did was, you know, we would um, go out and haul gas, come home, and uh, we'd have like fish fries and just goof off. And uh, it was just fun, mm-hmm. just fun to be a kid back then, you know, that type of stuff. I wonder sometimes about, you know, maybe uh, maybe doing the training thing because it's like, well, maybe I can influence somebody like I was influenced. Um, you know, that type of stuff. Because I miss I miss those days. 
you know, again, uh, it was just different times. And I think a lot of times, you know, I just reflect on that. They were great days. We had so much fun. And then I say, I met a couple kids that lived in different towns, but their dads had trucks and they, they hauled livestock. Well, when we all got our license, we'd jump in them trucks and off we'd go. And uh, we wouldn't go very far, but we thought that was pretty cool back then, you know, running these old these old cab overs and uh, hauling these hogs, you know, and that was a big thing. We kept saying we were bull haulers, but I'll be honest with you, we weren't hauling the bulls. We were, we were pig haulers, but that was just for us. We said, no, we're, we're bull haulers. And, uh, you know, we see the big bull haulers out there, and it's like, yeah, we want to be like that someday. And uh, it was just kind of just kind of funny. Yeah, just kind of kid stuff, you know. Does does Hirschbach Hirschbach does I'm sure have a certain amount of uh, formalized uh, training that goes on for probably for new hires I would guess uh, where mm-hmm. you put somebody that that has a CDO with a team and and you sort of ease them into uh, actually working over the road but do they have a pre CDL program as well like uh, a program that helps people actually get their CDL? I've not seen that. Uh, I okay. do know we'll take drivers with a CDL, especially yeah. if they've got some experience. And then um, that fluctuates a little bit, I, I think. And I think some of it may yeah. be due to insurance uh, mandates yeah. and stuff like that, or maybe even the needs of the, the company. Because uh, I've ran into yeah. some trainers out here that had uh, – people who maybe used to uh, haul grain, you know, around and stuff like that. But um, we got to, you know, everybody has to go through our orientation regardless of experience. And you kind of learn a lot of the paperwork, but also um, some of the other stuff that we have through the ELDs and, and uh, stuff like that. It was a good, it was a good, my orientation was three days. It was good. But, you know, I wouldn't, I would have loved to even seen it five days. I was learning as I went, you know, hungry for knowledge. And uh, I hadn't been around refrigerated motors for a, since the early 80s, right? These things today are a lot nicer and easier than what I dealt with in 82 and 83. That much I can right. tell you. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Our training was good. I was real, like I say, I would have even loved it to be longer. Um, but I know they want it. I know everybody wants to get people out on the road and stuff, but typically, you know, yeah. uh, our CDL people don't have a lot of experience to go out to trainer for quite a while um and i don't know that there's any i don't know if there's any prescribed time on that i think a lot of it's just going to depend on the trainer and the benchmarks that are hit as far as the uh, trainee or the new driver how soon or how much later they might be you know assign their own truck and stuff like that i know when i first started you know they knew i hadn't been on the road for a long time and they kind of eased me into things even though i came from another carrier uh, they knew I hadn't been around refrigerated stuff, and they kind of ran me some short stuff real quick, kind of get a, a feel and kind of get to know my driver manager and stuff. And Yeah, I thought they did well. I love the company. You didn't go out with a team uh, with another driver at all because you, mm-hmm. you already had a good bit of experience? Yeah, when I first uh, got out of the truck driving school, and uh, I went with a company that a friend of mine who was in the same class went with, and he ended up because I didn't come in for about another year after I got out of school, he was my trainer. I was with him for two weeks and he was a phenomenal oh, okay. trainer. Um, he, 
was really, really good at what he did. And he gave me a wealth of knowledge, stuff that I hadn't, uh, there's changes, you know, but stuff that I didn't even catch myself doing, he would point out, which is nice to have that, you know, second pair of eyes there. But, uh, yeah, he was phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, and he's still there and, and I think he still does training, uh, not all the time, but here and there, but, uh, what a great asset. And he hadn't driven before we went to the school, you know, and, um, yeah, so I went out with him two weeks and they released me. And again, I was on the over the road stuff and, um, I kind of, I just didn't care for running, you know, out east and different things. And, uh, that was the bad. I had some great, I loved going west. I loved going south. Had a lot of fun. Uh, had great customers too, by the way, which I really liked. But the thing I hated about east was it was just the parking. It was just always hard to find parking and yeah. it was, I mean, you just had to come off the road pretty early sometimes or hope you found something later. I didn't want to alter my schedule and drive nights and sleep days, come on medication. So I'm supposed to try to be regular with it. But that was my biggest complaint about East. I mean, you know, East is East. And even years ago when I ran over the road in the 80s and early 80s and even the 89 to 91, East was East. I mean, nobody wanted to go East and, and uh, stuff like that. There's so much con congestion out there with the traffic uh, during like certain hours. I mean, it's just almost like the infrastructure can't support it. There's so much traffic. Yeah. And then you put commercial vehicles in the mix as well. It, but when you came to, when you came to Hirschbach, you didn't do uh, that same kind of mm -hmm. going out with a, a driver uh, for a couple of weeks. No, got, I got They put you on some short runs and you know, made sure you had the, the basics of Particular they did. Yeah, they took good care of me. Yeah, they took good care of me. They kind of just weaned me a little bit. And once they see you're going to be okay, I think they uh, put their resources in other drivers and try to break them up to snuff and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, it's interesting, like, how, how things have developed over the years, and particularly with the when you're talking about companies of size uh, and the smaller fleets as well. Um, you know, the kind of thing, the way that you learned in a very sort of um, informal way over a long period of time from a very young age, um, a lot of this, a lot of the kinds of like uh, situational and, and kind of real world sorts of things you, you learn in that kind of a training environment uh, are the kinds of things that people learn today, not before they have their license, but after when they go mm -hmm. and, you know, and they drive for that first company that they drive for and they get out on the road with somebody and they're running, they may be driving You're right. the team, but they're, but they're just on the, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that's, how that's developed. And, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know if there's, there are probably positives and negatives to it, but, um, yeah, I, I just wonder if, uh, this new rule that it kind of uh, the entry-level driver training rule. It creates kind of a, uh, a more standardized sort of professional kind of certification uh, for uh, the whole CDL process before you get the CDL. I wonder if there's a way. I wonder if it, there will be some, you know, small fleets uh, and/or individuals that that use that. Uh, to kind of bring some of that uh, on the road situational type of training uh, back into that, you know, uh, sort of integrated somehow into part of that, uh, part of that, that formalized pre-CDL process. 
Why not? Yeah. New, I wonder if there's new markets here for for people who 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 may truck, but who can who can bring to bear other resources for uh, for help with some of the standardized elements of the training. Uh, and then just uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating here, really. But I just think that if we can take some of what I used to learn that was passed on to me, and then take the programs today and just kind of cross pollinate, I think you could come mm-hmm. up with a pretty good program. Um, and and like uh, you know, I went to truck driving school not knowing what to what I was going to expect, and uh, there were some good things, but there were some other things that I didn't like, and some things that were I didn't think. Um, you know, you know, nothing. Uh, there was things that did not enhance the program as I've seen it. Right. And um, then when I started checking into other programs, I found out that so many programs are different. There, um, and I think with the entry level stuff, I think there's going to be a minimum standard, but then people can exceed that, which, uh, which I think yeah. is great because you know there's nothing wrong with exceeding the minimum standards. And I think it looks good for you, and especially if you got something happening where. You know, uh, you know where you have it, courts involved or insurance companies, and you can say, "Hey, this driver here not only met the minimum standards, but they've exceeded them." And I think that looks pretty good in in an argument if uh, somebody's questioning the driver or or, uh, or whatnot. So I just keep going through that in my mind because I've heard I've heard that your your basic story about how you learned to drive uh, with uh, Mr. You said it was Nate Lessons Thurmond. Gene Thurman, uh-huh, yeah. Gene Thurman, yep. yep. The, the way you learned there, I've heard that story <laughs> from, I mean, countless people. It's almost exactly the same. And um, Oh, it's fun. I, it just, and I sit here and I look around and I see all the people that are out here today, you know, that may be, you know, they've been around the industry their entire lives. They're owner-operators and they're maybe, you know, 40, uh, 45, uh, 50, you know, maybe even younger. Uh, and I, and I wonder if, you know, this, this rule creates, um, I don't know, kind of, I wonder if there's anything that it creates an incentive for somebody who just, who is a good trainer, you know, to, you know, find some partners, formalize what, what they're doing, uh, with training and kind of, uh, you know, continue to operate the business they have. But uh, also do do this too, and you know it's kind of this this thing everybody likes to talk about of building the kind of next generation to come behind you, right? Right. Um, and people, people like it. People like to like the idea, but uh, it's not something that the, the people that talk about it most you don't really see them uh, exactly doing it necessarily, not in a formal right. way. Right. Maybe maybe there's something here for them. I, I don't know. You know. But when you brought that up, you know, my friend Andy, he's an owner-operator with Prime. Andy and I have talked about doing this. Um, we've talked about it several times in the last six or eight months, doing some sort of consulting firm where you come in and bring in, yeah. you know, curricula and different things. And just what you're saying, exactly what okay. you're saying. And we think there could be a market for it. 